behind every great design, behind every great collection, there is a narrative. Try to get to know the narrative of that designer. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to You Have to Wear Something. Well, it's almost over. 2020 that is and this is most likely my last show of this tumultuous year unprecedented as they say and it was look we all know that terrible things have happened rest in peace to those that lost their lives to COVID we had quite possibly the worst leadership in American history so much lost this year from jobs and businesses like the restaurant industry. I probably won't even recognize my hometown Chicago when I return because so many places will be permanently closed. So let's be clear, 2020 was a shit show, a dumpster fire, but what did we learn? What did we gain? I consider myself a half glass full kind of lady and I wanna discuss some of the good stuff. And I have a little help today from my good friend. This is three for three with Linda Lysing, a certified life coach and a really great friend of mine who always adds perspective to my life and I really appreciate her. So let's welcome Linda back to the show for the third time. Hi, Linda. Hi, Nicole. Thank you for having me again. Yay! Um, that way I don't go off the rails and get too negative. Linda can crack the whip. <laughs> Is that what I do? <laughs> lovingly, though, lovingly. We're spiritual gangsters, but still gangsters. Yes, <laughs> totally. Wielding our powers for good. Yeah, um, I just I just felt like this year, even though... Um, I don't want to say it was like survival of the fittest. That's a bad term. It was like okay everyone's forced to change how do we respond to that change what do you think oh yeah i mean i think that i think this year showed us who we were to ourselves in a lot of ways and maybe some of our tendencies may have gotten more intense um but i think also we learned new things about ourselves and it was an opportunity for that, you know? Yeah. Um, you want to, do you want to share it? Like one thing you learned about yourself? <laughs> sure. Sure. So I would say the main thing was me finding my voice, so to speak. So, you know, I was definitely inspired watching you do this podcast and I think that it had never occurred to me, like, I had this little little nascent desire to speak. Um, and then one day I thought, well, why not me? Like, why, why wouldn't I do the same, you know, or, or find a, my own platform to speak? And what it was, was like, I had this, this history of being on a um, reality show that really kind of just hijacked my identity and didn't let me speak you know as me and so I think I was hiding for a long time in ways that I never realized and yeah. you know when you're a coach you you put yourself through I was calling it put like call it putting it through the machinery but anything I teach or you know a concept I share it's like I, I put myself through it too and when I uncovered certain things you know, I was like, wait a minute, all these little things, dust bunnies hiding in the dark. And it turns out that I really do want to speak and share. And so not only did I go from like just sharing my voice, but also being visible and, you know, delivering um, talks and workshops and things like that. So that was a big one for me. How about you? 
Well, for me, you're my, you know, you know, woo-woo sister in arms, my fellow good witch, right? So um, I think what I learned from the past is it's cool to kind of do your gratitude and burn your sage and your Palo Santo and hope for the best. Um, but I think it's when things go wrong that that really reveals your commitment, you know, to those routines and to that ritual. And so it's easy to like, it, and we're going to talk about this later with the vision board uh, workshop. Um, it's easy to make the vision board. And then when shit goes wrong, be like, oh, well, that didn't work. And like, <laughs> you know, like I made the board, but shit went wrong. And so that shit doesn't work. It's easy to uh, go down that road. But I think it's almost like up the ante, like when things go wrong, like up your up your prayer, up your meditation, up your your gratitude and let people know you love them even more. And I, I found um, that I, I got a lot closer with friends and family this year and um, because we can't, you know, hug or be there. So these other things have to compensate. And um, I was forced professionally to kind of change again and again and also get comfortable get comfortable with the uncertainty which is not my jam I like structure and a plan and um, I'm a hard worker so you know the hard work is gonna make that plan pay off and um, I had to really like sit the fuck down like sit my ass down like mm-hmm. like let shit flow and that's when you really challenge that um esoteric side of yourself that you think is so strong it's not always the strongest yeah Yeah. you know actually what you're saying is totally reminding me of this um quote i just read it's our girl tracy ellis ross and yeah and they asked what her mantra was and it was like may i be inspired by the space between where i am and where i want to be and you know as usual she just nails it right she's just got this wisdom but instead of being scared or beating yourself up like oh why am I not there yet like what is it telling you and not only that but what if you allow yourself to be inspired like oh oh this I don't know yet hmm you know what I mean it's just the difference between but there's a you that knows that like if all things exist at all times then there's a Nicole that already knows how to do that you just find that Nicole right you teach yourself that thing and you have done that constantly with reinventing yourself so you're living that mantra that's what I'm saying yeah I mean I love reinvention but you know we all like to control it like at our own pace right like next year I'm gonna do blah 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 take up archery and get really good at that you know and like (laughs) that's some Aquarius shit you know take up archery just random like when are you gonna use that but um yeah I think like I dabble so much with things but then when it's really time to deliver there is a little bit of fear and anxiety uh, around it like oh like what if I mess up and so um I you know like now I'm working remotely, you know, now I'm consulting, which I, all of those seem like those were things that other people did, right? Mm-hmm. Not not me, you know, and um, I had to just kind of, again, like shape myself and, and that came from like letting it happen is like when everyone was losing their positions or these companies were downsizing, I stopped looking for work. Like I, I kind of finished out a company and then I was out of work and then I just didn't do anything. And then stuff 
began to appear. And that's kind of the thing. You gave me that book. I think it's about radical openness by Tasha Silver. And she hands everything over to the divine. Yeah, yeah. I always say like loosen your grip, right? Like, because, you know, we, we want it to appear a certain way, but we kind of don't know. And I think being in the receiving position, like just spiritually, gives you a lot more than you'd expect. But it doesn't happen like where you just stop and go, okay, let me just receive. Like, you just have to kind of like soften into it. You know what I mean? And, and, and like, it's cool that you really saw the proof of the pudding, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, I, um, yeah, because it's all about the proof. Like, people who don't, like, atheists who don't believe in God, they're like, prove it, prove Jesus exists. And you're like, bruh, sir, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, literally everything is made up. Even these buildings we look at, it started in someone's mind. So, you know, maybe, like, we are God, you know? Like, like it's like, it's always about the proof, you know, with that type of person. And the proof is, like you said, a gentle intention is sometimes all you need. Uh, you kind of like plant a seed. Mm-hmm. And I, I just don't think that hope is a strategy, but it, it's not hope and wishful thinking. It's just, it's like literally doing nothing. It's hard to explain, but it's like, okay, this is what I would like. I write it down. And then I do whatever I want. I do my yoga, I eat my food. You know what I'm saying? I don't spend too much money. You know, you just are cautiously in a receival mode. Yeah, you let life flow through you. You know, if you're all clenched up, it's like that that pathway just doesn't flow. You know what I mean? So sometimes you're, you don't realize like you're repelling a thing, you know, Um, or you're, you're efforting too much. And then that doesn't mean you don't take massive action sometimes. You know what I mean? But it's like, if you're always in that mode, you won't see like, a sign that lets you know to go left instead of right you know what i mean and or like you know you you get this little tickle well, i should talk to this person and and then you're like oh no i better do my work instead but you got this tickle and it's like okay you talk to that person and then next thing you know there's an opportunity you know like of collaboration or what have you so yeah i just think it's important to kind of like stay open to those little impulses that we have because those are like what is it your destiny doesn't shout it whispers so it's like let yourself hear those whispers too yeah I mean I had I mean you had encouraged me to kind of write a little bit like I wrote my book and then I participated in a Twitter book pitch contest and got like a response like that's so not what I would have been doing in 2020 without COVID, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, right. And I think, you know, one thing I want to say is that this pandemic has given us permission. And I think that's huge, right? Like that hobby I always wanted to try, that thing. And it doesn't mean like, oh, you have to become, you know, an expert ukulele player by the end of COVID or something like that. But the point being that, yeah, you know, we, we're, we're shut-ins and all of a sudden it's sort of like this thing that's on the back burner for so long. We all have a book in us, for instance, right? And you got that out on the paper. You manifested that. How cool is that? Yeah, it's really, really cool. I mean, it's always a process. And also teaching, like, patients, like, I was I was really in, like, a lot of indifference this year. I was really indifferent about doing that contest. I was really indifferent about getting work. I was, you know, I was just really indifferent about a lot of these things, you know? And um, kind of like, there were 
good outcomes you know decent outcomes from from what I just kind of sort of like dabbled at if you will Mm -hmm. um so I mean personally that is a gift and then I, I would say on a more broader spectrum you know it's like collectively women feel a certain way in America I feel like black people feel a certain way gay people feel a certain way there's like a lot of um messed up experiences that come with being othered and (laughs) not having to feel like you have to carry that load like like me thinking that but not thinking that anyone will listen to what I have to say about something as subtle or nuanced as like a microaggression at work or my hair not being professional because it's um, highly textured or curly and that's kind of just been happening across the whole country and even globally like our Black Lives Matter movement has made it to Nigeria you know and Paris and all that kind of stuff so I just feel like too this tension, this has been building up for a while where women have been fighting to get paid equally. You know, I remember going to something three years ago about that. Mm-hmm. These things have been brewing and kind of hit a fever pitch. It wasn't like this year revealed anything new, but it was kind of like this was the year that people said, you know, enough is enough. And that's a gift of COVID, I, I would say. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think... Um allowing that shift of like what is it just you know allowing for like diversity and and not being racist to actually understanding that what we have to do is be anti-racist right like Mm -hmm. it's not you know just because you're not participating in actual racist things does not mean that you you know are in the right place and that would be really hard you know with life being normal and everybody busy with all their other stuff you have those like moments of quiet where you let that sink in and then you start to understand that what we've been fed about what our country is is not really necessarily true you know Mm -hmm. and um and 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 like i said you know i think we is how we think about a thing is what what the real reality is right so like if you think like america best country on earth you know well okay then it is for you right but if you're you know somebody who really has not enjoyed like all the the true freedoms that we say on paper then what is that right and there's gap and like i said i think that there's this hopeful like reformation of of that right like We've talked about the wrongs that need to be righted and it's like they never will but like a reformation like taking the the you know there there are pieces that work for sure and the pieces that definitely need to be cut away right yeah you know how it's like you you meet precocious kids and you're like man they question everything they're so cool hmm. we used to be like that we used to be renaissance people that had long discourse about is this the best thing for people even now you have gen zers who i love who are questioning even capitalism the way we run business in america and how that is exploitive in itself that we all have to participate in capitalism right so there's all these different layers of you know fuck that shit <laughs> that's happening this year that i'm into i'm 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 here for it i'm like okay like where is this going uh, people are just not 
are not having it. You know, they're not just settling. They're not taking the crumbs. They want the cake, you know? Uh-huh. And I love that you brought up the questioning vibe because, you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, 20 years ago, it's like, oh, America. But like to have this perfect storm of like, right, like a generation that's a little bit more like, is it really though? You know, and then and then to have a president that is, you know, like kind of viewed from the rest of the world is like, what the hell, you know, um, allows us just a few chinks in that armor so that we can actually go, you know, like we built up America to be this, this identity, you know, and does it have to be, you know what I mean? Um, really like, just does it have to be? And so like, I think it's so cool to have, you know, high conscious people really question what's going on. And unfortunately, you know, obviously other people will dig in because it's, it's become their identity. Like if you get over identified with it. Right. Um, and I think that, I don't know, I'm hopeful that we can get into a place where we, we naturally do just question things. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, it is just so interesting. Like, is it a great country when, when we have a, a health crisis the whole country collapses we're not able like how great is that we're rich but are we rich if everyone's sick and dying you know that's not that's not abundance that's not you know wealth you know and um you look at smaller countries like new zealand and and they uh, you know i'm just gonna say it have female leadership and it it brought to light a lot of countries like germany that have like you know, female leaders. And now, you know, we have the first female vice president. That's a gift of COVID, who's also multiracial. You know, she's Black, right. she's uh, Indian. And that's like crazy. She's a, she right then and there is the most powerful woman of color, uh, like possibly yeah. on the globe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it, it's just wild to think of. It's overdue, but it's still like, like, wow, we went from what we had that terrible terrible administration to now we have this that's what waking up brings Hmm. oh yeah no totally and like I think you know getting back to like gifts of COVID I mean I think that to have you know usually like there's the have the have nots and people are experiencing this or that at any different time but to have us collectively you know globally be going through this um brings us back to just you know our fragile humanity right like it's not just us versus them and you know even though we you know some people want to say like ooh the china flu like most people really just don't (laughs) right like they don't see it that way it's just like oh my god it's just like you know what our cells are ourselves and our vulnerability is our vulnerability and you know, we have a chance to see also how leadership matters, right? Like, and, you know, I thought it was really cool to sort of understand states' rights versus federal, right? Like, you know, in our lifetime, like, we don't really specifically see those things all the time, but sort of be like, oh, that's what a governor does, right? No, but, you know, just to see what is in their purview, right, is cool. Yeah, no, which goes back to, like, like history. It's like these legacy structures from state to state to state you know who was in the union who was in the confederacy right right um that legacy of those times it still plays out today through policy and it's still affecting the same people in the same way and um now it's like you would never have people in california discussing what needs to happen in georgia you 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 know like (laughs) 
that's mm-hmm. that's that's really cool and and also two other things like more and more like you know weed is decriminalized it's like you know been legalized in a lot more states you know and that's moving very very quickly um so you know there there are a lot of things paying off and even personally too like in the last year you know i'm living in la but i went carless and it's been totally fine and i like i you're what <laughs> i'm just like in my gut in december i was like i don't I was just like, I don't feel like a three-year loan. I don't feel like it. I want to keep my money. Like, I, I'll I'll Lyft or Uber. Like, it's just in my mind, I was like, I don't feel like it. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like it. Paying three years for a depreciating asset. I want an appreciating asset, and that's what I want. You know, I want a house. And so to go without, to kind of really mold your life, like the, the I, I thought it was going to be all this discomfort with not having a car because you know everyone's like in LA you have to drive you have Mm -hmm. to have a car and yes there's been some inconvenience but like my social life ended anyway with COVID you know so um where I wasn't going anywhere any damn way so it's just things like that but that's a beautiful model for just change itself right like like that's on paper sounds like terrible you know to anyone who lives in LA and yeah like you made that change you took that leap and and then like the reward of it it's cool that you can you know kind of now really be grateful that you sort of saw that for yourself you know and and saw that it was possible to do that yeah if I would have been paying for like car insurance and car note where we can't go anywhere (laughs) there's no restaurants open because then you realize okay why am I in this big city you and I we have friends that are moving out of the city I've had pretty much most of my friends have moved out of a city a city is a place where everyone is is congested everyone's on top of each other because they're socializing with each other and that's not happening so then people everyone is reassessing like do I need to be in a major city if there's no jobs and there's no social life probably not yeah no that's um that's such an interesting point I mean I've always kind of noticed like most people have like a triangle, you know, like the work and then like some other social place and then one other, you know, wherever their grocery store and their gym, but like they stick to such small swaths of, of, of the larger city. You know, most people don't really explore it all and take advantage of, of, of what that life is. I mean, when I was in New York, I mean, I still kind of, you know, I, I know like nobody wants to be in New York during COVID. I, I, <laughs> I, fine but I think for me it's just you know um you know that the community like being able to see other people and under like I always connect because like we're all struggling we're all you know trying to make it we're all just living you know and I like visual like reminders of that versus like everyone in their bubble of a car you know yeah but um I guess there's like a recent like it's like a podcast about like the sounds of the subway because you know of course like the ridership is way down because people are scared you know what I mean and it's to think about for me that was like the great leveler of the experience of York you know pretty much like almost everybody has to do it unless you're really rich or you take you know cabs everywhere but um yeah it was like that collective place and right now it's like not that anymore so it's kind of interesting to think about yeah I mean New York is connected 
you know, by public transportation, but still people end up staying in their bubbles. I have friends in New York. I would go there to visit them. And I would have like, you know how you visit a town, you have your list, right? Like a tourist and you want to go to certain places. And there's still so many places in New York I haven't been that I wanted to go. And they're like, oh, we don't go, you know, we're over here, we don't go there. You know, if you're in Harlem, you don't go to Brooklyn or you from Brooklyn, you don't go to the Bronx. And, and people are still kind of staying in their boroughs. Mm-hmm. And but you know it was a good experience because I was getting you know my friends out of their immediate you know triangle in their neighborhood and going you know the Upper East Side just to see like New York it just culturally just like most cities but it's so culturally rich in terms of like art and like this library you can go and they have like an original Picasso in this one library you know but you have to go to the library to see it or whatever you know like that's how I like to kind of navigate through cities and they were like wow like I've lived here for five years I would have never come to this library you know and um I found myself doing that and I, and I do miss some of that but yeah I think you're even more isolated in LA and you're not even like getting together that much so really a pandemic for LA when it's so spread when people were only getting together a few times per year anyway is kind of like seems like a waste with the you know housing costs being so high Mm. yeah well you know and it's funny funny that you talk about the sprawl and spread because like you know I had a friend who in New York was a little on the flaky side and it was hard to get together with her then moved to LA and it was like LA gave the her permission to actually be that way like to to be a real flake Right. And then now the pandemic has even exacerbated that. And she's almost like, oh, I I, I already social distance anyway. So here we go. So it's funny how, um, like I said, we become more of ourselves on some level, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. In a crisis, like I was already watching. I know everyone's got a Peloton now or a mirror or whatever. They're streaming, you know, their workouts. But I was already, I mean, for me, I never paid for a gym. I was always home on the mat doing my yoga with Fight Master Yoga on YouTube or Blogilates or well, I was already streaming my fitness instructors. So I was like, wait, I was already living like a pre-COVID life. Yeah. <laughs> Any damn way. So, you know, quarantine has done me well because I just feel like I'm just a person like, oh, cool. I have more time to read my books and more time to juggle this and juggle that. Um, but you know, it, it is, it is lonely over time. I mean, I, I think we all, some people, what I love too, is a lot of people, whoever they were living with, there's been like a lot of hookups and breakups. Like people are like, you know what, maybe we shouldn't be together, you know, like, sure. like quarantine definitely shows you, reveals who you really are. You just become uh- more of yourself. Yeah. So what's funny for me is that, you know, like, I guess I would be a COVID super spreader because I'm all like touchy feely, huggy talky, you know, and of like, you know, the new encounter, you know, and, and, and speaking with someone that I've never talked to before and whatever. And so to not have the possibility of that, you know, here in LA, I have to go find those peeps in New York. It's almost like just by living there, you just meet people all the time right so the spontaneity aspect is gone um and so that was hard for me and yet again you know uh becoming more of myself what what COVID has given me is this way to network you know online and to have like a zoom room energetically feel like I'm actually hanging out with people and 
to, you know, have been part of certain tribes that really like let you get intimate in those spaces has been really, really cool. And so it occurs to me, you know, as I'm sending like, you know, Christmas cards out to my sort of new friends, I'm like, I've never been in the same room with you. And yet, you know, I feel so close to you. So it's cool to have been able to take that part of me and, you know, kind of reform it into yeah just into a different format but it still is essentially part of me and you know it, it makes me really happy yeah I think everyone is I mean everyone's gonna throw a little cynicism on everything and there's this whole conversation around like I'm zoomed out or I'm tired of zoom or whatever um you know but that's what we have if you're using the tool the right way it's not it's not the um the house just doesn't appear you have to build it with a hammer you need tools right to build the house so I just feel like whatever you're trying to build you're going to use the tool in that in that proper way and even with this like now popularity of clubhouse you know people are realizing they're you know that they don't have to be dressed up right to have relationships you know you don't have to have that judgment all the time especially for women who are spending like an additional two grand per year to quote unquote look professional. Most of most of it's on clothing and makeup and heels and all of that to look professional, you know, at work. A lot of that has gone away, which which I love because you know, people are realizing that working moms are you can't even put a price tag on the amount of work that a, a stay at home mom is, is doing or even if she's trying to work from home. So yeah. like I just feel like things like clubhouse where it's based on voice and you can meet people spontaneously like i had people following me or talking to me on there and, and it's cool because it's just like just one photo and you don't have to like worry about your makeup or worry about your your ring light or going live or anything like that like i i love that there's people are realizing that hearing someone's voice and just really getting to know them um is is becoming more and more popular where you don't have to do all this stuff for acceptance which is a a lot of times around appearance right right no and it's you know that whole appearance thing is so interesting right like um I guess you know you think in theory like you know with in-person encounters it's like oh they'll accept you for you but the idea of you being on a screen kind of feels like the implication is that you have to look your best or you know you have to look camera ready you know And I think, you know, so what I was saying earlier about speaking and being seen and things like that, like, I think I let a lot of that go. And that's also new for me. So that's a gift of COVID is just kind of getting over myself about it. And (laughs) get over yourself, Linda. Yeah. Yeah. But like trusting that what I want, what will transmit will transmit, right? Like, you know what I mean? And either you're going to get it or you don't. And this is why, like, I, you know, started to to develop that giving fewer f's philosophy right like so you know it was about just kind of like okay i i'm giving a fuck about it right why am I, why am i is it important you know what i mean you have to kind of weigh like how important is it that you know my groom my 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 eyebrows are groomed just so and then you realize like yeah but it's the message that i want to convey right so when you let that go and you decide I don't have to give an F about it. You suddenly have more energy to like deliver your message or do something else, you know? And so I think that um, 
Well, you know, again, with the Zoom thing, it's like two things, right? One is just like, it's just doing the work and we're self-conscious because we probably weren't used to being on screen so much. So it feels like, it's just like karaoke, right? Like if you like to sing, but you grab a karaoke mic, the implication is like, you think you're going to be a contestant on The Voice, right? Like, but- to another country like japan everybody's allowed to sing right mm-hmm. and like think of a zoom the same way like anybody can be on screen not just the beautiful people right just like we know yeah. everybody can sing and there's no like oh you you pick up a mic you best be good kind of attitude you know and same thing if i ask for your screen time i mean for me it's like i i know that attention people's attention is valuable right you know that you know you um, for your listenership. And so you want it to matter, you know, and you want to bring them the meat of the matter, right? <laughs> and not just waste people's time with like, you know, kind of some kind of ego trip, little, you know, look at me kind of shtick. Yeah, I, um, and I just want to say too, just in general, if you made it to the end of 2020, you're healthy and safe. Like you won, you won the year, you win. just want to say that. Um, but uh, yeah, it kind of, also I guess democratized who can be on camera regular looking people can be on camera uh it doesn't matter you could be in your sweats I'm in my robe right now I'm still sipping on coffee it's 12 39 um, <laughs> you know and I could care less um yeah I I love that especially I feel like that's a, a win for for women I was reading this book executive presence and you know just what it was saying i mean it probably is played out now but this is of course a pre-covid business book but it was just like you know it's not fair the bar is higher for women but so what still you know still do more still wear more makeup still be slimmer still you know mm-hmm. it, it was about like conversations where a woman wanted to enter the c-suite but the rest of the executives felt like she was a little overweight and overweight is viewed as um you know, like sloppy or someone who doesn't care about themselves, right? They don't want a person like that in the C-suite. So they had to have a conversation with her about her weight, which I think is total bullshit. Like someone could be great at their job and that just be their their size, that's their body type, you know? And um, that type of shit. That's what I'm saying. Like even like what's considered professional, most of that burden is placed on women. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, that's so true. And I guess, like, you know, to me, it's always been so as long as there's some people that are like, you know, quaffed and made up and, you know, have the nails and all that stuff all the time, then anyone who kind of wants to get off that ride looks sloppy, you know, (laughs) right. I've always thought like, it's too bad you have to have almost like a collective agreement about, you know what I mean? Like, what do we, what, what's really necessary in order to look professional? You know what I mean? And, and like to reset it. And I mean, it's funny people with their COVID hair and like (laughs) cutting their own hair, dyeing their own hair. Yeah. Yeah. And all those beautiful, you know, bottled blondes are kind of struggling and, you know, so yeah, I mean, it, it is, it is interesting and, you know, but what, what is it that we've only ever wanted is just to have pe- people appreciate our work, you know, the content uh, and who we are. Right. And, you know, how come a, a dude just gets to kind of like throw on a shirt and he's fine. You know what I mean? And I mean, I have never heard a conversation around man, Brad, you know, 
he's not gonna ever get to a certain level as a leader because he's 10 pounds overweight like it just it just doesn't happen you know like yeah it's funny um unless we're like you know acting and stuff that we are in LA so you know this comes up a lot more in LA too LA is so like decisions are made on uh, you know visuals and appearance and things like that so I, I love that a lot of that has been shaken up and people have had to like really get to know the person you know yep. yeah yeah exactly and that's that's what it is it's just that opportunity to like know people differently you know what I mean and um yeah so I also just wanted to add one thing about you know what we accomplished this year and if it simply is cocooning so to speak and maybe conserving your energy maybe you didn't you know launch a, a brand new initiative or write a book or whatever but like you said you're still healthy you know what I mean and you know there's some optimism intact that's important right um but just that you took care of you and maybe it was a matter of being with yourself and you know being more patient with yourself and nurturing yourself in ways that you know a very busy lifestyle doesn't always allow for so yeah i thought I, and also too and it, it needs to be a little bit more widespread but you know uh eq is becoming as important as iq right in leadership mm -hmm. where you have to care how your employees feel you know what I'm saying? You have to care how the women feel. You have to care how the gay people feel. You have to care about your black employees if they had to watch, you know, George Floyd be killed on camera. You know, like they, they're not going to come to work like, hey, you know, happy Friday. You know, it's, yeah. it might be like dealing with something or triggered, you know. And so I love the awareness around that. I hope it doesn't just die off because you know movements come in waves and then it dies down you know we had women's lib was like at its height in the 70s and then it kind of got like weird in the 80s and 90s we kind of mm -hmm. we kind of settled into complacency and not really realizing that no we still have to vote to protect our reproductive organs you know there was a lot and so now it's kind of everything everyone's aware and woke again you know and i just hope yeah. that we don't let that fall to the wayside again no and i also think you know just to bring it back to black lives matter but like you know when workplaces started to actually become more sensitive to letting their employees of color you know like talk about like what was upsetting for them you know what I mean and 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 help them deal with it whereas before it was like you're not supposed to bring that part of yourself into the workplace right you gotta whitewash it so that it you know works with the organization and I think a lot of organizations I mean high conscious ones right but nonetheless understood that you know to ask someone to drop this huge part of themselves like that doesn't work and it's not necessary right for them to be a good worker like you know let the whole person in and 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 let them show you who they are right so they can be you know black and a good worker right they don't have to kind of <laughs> yeah right like that black stuff leave it at home is like it's what i am it's yeah it's who i am yeah <laughs> i mean it's silly to think about it now but yeah, I, I mean, I've been gaslighted so much where, you know, I remember having a boss and she just couldn't understand why 
this person complained about me and of course it was immediately like my fault and I was like look I I tried to help that woman I tried to assist her and you know it's a vibe I'm like she probably doesn't like black people and that's okay like I'm fine with that and she was like oh I mean it was so dramatic like oh no you know like no one would ever come into this public place and be racist oh every so every single person that comes through the door likes black people right like we can't even we couldn't even have an honest discussion because she was like oh that would never happen here she couldn't let it in you know this is the problem it's like people think if they let it in like a couple inches and then like it's it's as good as admitting that they're racist too you know it's like they can't it does not compute they can't sort of accept like there's a whole spectrum of like humanity you know when we see someone do a bad thing you know I'm sorry but we all have a shadow side and there's some part of a uh, you know of us that even though we were like oh I would never do that like that might be like what if I did that you know and so, <laughs> yeah, we're not perfect. You know, right and and you know again you know we all have crazy thoughts they're not part of our like high conscious thinking we can have nasty thoughts and it doesn't mean that's real or who we are right so but most people when the more they resist the more they deny you know like it just um it it, it does not help their cause at all you know and they they never really let in the bigger argument because they're pushing all aspects of it away so like racism i think is a you know perfect point like if she could just acknowledge like yeah you know maybe for some people but then it would have opened up all this stuff for her like oh should i have hired a black girl like you know da, 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 she seems that's what i'm saying and it it, it, it does it, it and, and that's why black people don't want to bring it up at work because they they're lucky to have the job in the first place right and <laughs> they don't want to make it uncomfortable for a predominantly white organization which is most corporations regret you know hiring people of color right because now i got to deal with all of their feelings and their issues it brings new issues to the table that they don't want to talk about you know but if she just she wouldn't even like it was just so like it was kind of like if you know how it is like when a woman and this is a problem too is raped and you know, because it was her husband, they're like, oh, you know, that's not rape. And it's like, no, I was, even yeah. though I'm married to that guy, he raped me. And yeah. people gaslight the fuck out of her, like, well, that's not possible. You know, it, it, it's, it's like, we can understand that, how that's wrong. But like, the other stuff, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I, that's what I'm saying. I'm glad that these conversations have come up. And I'm sure I've had, I mean, even on Facebook, I've had some former bosses kind of be like, oh, was it like this when you worked for me? And I'm like, hell yeah, hell yeah. Oh, that's great, though. I mean, again, would that have ever happened, right? Had we not all, you know, experienced collectively, like, you know, what happened in the summer and then COVID. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of them for at least asking, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have friends whose parents, this is their first time you know, voting for a Democrat, they've been Republican, you know, voters all their life and they're committed to the party. And, you know, for them, it's like, I am a Republican. That's how I identify. It doesn't matter who the candidate is, you know, and um, like for the first time, kind of not doing that. And, and that's the work of the newer generation. They're doing the work, they're having the arguments and the uncomfortable conversations with their parents and their family members. Um, all of that, I mean, always the discussion, it starts with the talk. That's the first 
step in, in progress. And if that's happening, then, you know, there's, there's room for change. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So, so yeah. So, um, you know, sales for black business businesses is up 280%. I know a lot of people wanted to buy gifts, you know, from underrepresented people, women, you know, black people, brown people. And um, I just hope that that keeps going. I don't, I think it's very hard for, to use capitalism as a solve because it never works when you have to buy your freedom, you know, like, like LeBron James, you know the fact that he's a multimillionaire; it still doesn't insulate him from other you know from racism or anything like that he still comes home and his home is defaced you know and there's he's a victim of a of a hate crime and money can't solve that sure sure so while we're getting our bag get your bag you know everyone's like the, the you know one of the big things in the black community is like we'll just get paid you know make enough money to create a bubble but we all can't just become you know it it can't be like the options are death or billionaire you know like yeah yeah no for sure I mean (laughs) I can you know hope that it's more of a tapestry so it's like a couple some new threads are kind of in that are getting woven into it right so like this greater familiarity with supporting black businesses awareness you know what I mean that how many you know great entrepreneurial ventures there are you know what I mean and seeing more people up close right like you know when asking our you know like black coworkers, like how they're feeling and and you know having a moment of greater intimacy with that you know what I mean um I think as they say it's harder to hate people up close you know what I mean so I'm hoping that you know all these um different veins I mean it's low but it's like I mean, what's our alternative, right? I mean, <laughs> right, like more uh, fighting, more violence, you know, more dissent. Like it, it, it's, it's not sustainable. Like we, we can't march every day of our lives. It's just not sustainable. You have to get back to some resemblance of, of peace and and, and order. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have one more uh, question for you before we give our final thoughts on the gifts of COVID. Um, vaccine. Are you taking the vaccine? Do you have a, a favorite, Pfizer or Moderna? Like, what do you, what do you, think, of, what do you think about that? <laughs> you know what? I have not even wrapped my head around that yet, to be honest. Um, why? What are your thoughts on it? And I hate to bounce back to you, but like, I have not even, I think because it still feels a little far away. You know what I mean? And like, like, you said like I'm kind of comfortable in my like what I'm creating right now bubbles so I'm okay (laughs) um I I mean bottom line because of so many reasons segregation and racism and the healthcare uh, industry being so brutally sexist and racist you know black people are just I mean we've been literally experimented on in the past so yeah black people as a collective don't love the doctor don't like vaccines and outside of the ones you get at birth when they say you have to get the rubella and polio and mumps mumps vaccine beyond that most black people do not continue to get vaccinated because of this uh cultural Mm. uh collective fear and so there are just so many conversations um so many 
people in black communities are like, I'm, I'm not taking that, you know? Oh, right. Okay. I didn't realize that. You know, it's so interesting because it might be because I haven't had health insurance too. So it's like, you know, like, <laughs> no, right. I'm, I'm living that life. Right. And, and I just signed up because I've had a couple of health issues that like literally have been plagued with the whole year. And I'm like, finally, I get to look at it. So it's almost like I'm, I'm not even thinking like vaccine yet, but I, I'm, thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> <laughs> now you can, now you can have nightmares about it just like the rest of us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks. You're welcome. That's another gift of COVID. Yeah. Um, here's this, uh, you know, I, I, I do think it's like generational trauma. Like, okay, it's not the early 20th century where they're separating, you know, black and white blood, you know, in the right. blood bank. But um, there is there is always um I, I think because we're questioning are we over questioning right when you over question things you end up in QAnon you know you end up like off the deep end a little bit so black and brown community communities are the most affected so I feel like definitely elderly black and brown people like even like my mom who's a a, a cancer survivor she has a depressed immune system you know she needs to take it you know and she's going to be higher up on the list of people who who get it first um but you know it, it is a part of me too like oh hell no I'm not taking that damn thing <laughs> you know like we would just yeah. it's just so in, culturally inbred in us to not trust doctors to not yeah. trust health professionals and it's because like a black woman is three times more likely to die during childbirth you know there's like a ton of like lawsuits you know around this issue of inadequate care you know for black families and so I'm glad that that conversation is going I do think that I am a little bit 75% more leaning towards taking it but I heard that the the side effects are just brutal so you know it, it being a healthy person I'll I if I had to guess I'll probably survive those side effects and and what have you but um I, I totally, I do worry about too many people too also not taking it. Right, right. right. You know, it's, it's yeah, it's interesting, um, you know, along the lines of, <laughs> I guess the gifts of COVID. So, you know, I remember when I was in New York and they had that Ebola, you know, like was all over the place and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, shit, you know, like this is scary. But yet I'm, I've never been a germ phobe, you know, I'm not one of those people like Purell it and stuff like that. I had to put- <laughs> now, yeah. <laughs> No, but when I was in, uh, when I was 25, I had surgery on my foot and my doctor picked this hospital that had the lowest infection rate. And the thing is, it's like, I've always kind of understood that, you know, you create these viruses, like they, they you know, they, they become resistant because everybody's, you know, using too much sanitizer when they don't need to. Like there's such a, a large part of me where I relied on my body's defenses, right? I mean, again, I wasn't like licking subway poles or anything like that, but I just sort of trusted general precautions were going to, you know, cut it. And so it's interesting to kind of have, and I still wonder about this, right? With all the sanitizer, are we going to create super strengths? Right, that's what I mean. I'm not really into sanitizer, but I feel like, you know, I use it in public. I don't use it at home, right? 
And I'm a recovering, you know, like hypochondriac a little bit, a little bit of a germaphobe. And that's been a whole other journey around this too, is like, I've had to relax and, you know, my aunt would be like, you know, I think we should catch everything so that our bodies can then build up the the antibodies and be immune to it, you know, but like, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna stop having safe sex. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, yeah. No, and and like, you know, on one level, like, I almost wish I would have just gotten early and over with in a way, you know what I mean? So, um, like I said, I don't want to wish it, you know, and and I don't, you know, it's kind of watching how it plays out, you know what I mean? And so I think I'm not clamoring for it, nor am I. So I'm I'm just gonna kind of have to wait and see. Be more like Linda, y'all. Like, go with the flow and, and also be present. I think when you're being present, like 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 you said, it's so far down the line. By the time it's available to us, it'll probably be the summer, right? So in this moment, while we're still kind of on lockdown, like, whatever you've been doing to be safe and healthy, just kind of keep doing that, wear your mask and all that good stuff, and try to be calm, because stress is bad for the immune system, too, you know? And... Um, being more present I think it definitely helps like one of the things me being Aquarius and being very futuristic always thinking about the future that's a drawback is that that means you're always worrying if you're just like what if what if what if Mm -hmm. and so I've had to learn to be you know more present um, and that really helps with the anxiety. So if you're not getting the vaccine tomorrow, don't even worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know. And there you have it. <laughs> um. Well, I don't have a ton of last thoughts. Any? Well, I have a lot, but um, Anchor's probably going to cut us off, and that's oh. <laughs> that's technology. But yeah. what do you? What would you like to say to people? Just a last thought is. You know, we know nothing magically is going to happen when it turns 2021. We're all probably going to have a very chill New Year's. I hope y'all not gathering for New Year's Eve because that, that's that's no good. But um, what do you what do you say as we get out of this crazy year into the new one? Yeah, you know, I just want to say that even as we are, have gotten to know ourselves better in this crazy time, um, we're also learning new things. And I just want to say, let yourself be different than you have been before. Um, like Nicole here writing your book and, you know, just um, having those like little new aspects of yourself come to light, let them, you know, um, get to know yourself a different way and be gentle with yourself too. That's it. Yeah. Um, I know there's a lot of sadness and loneliness. And if you know anyone, for me, it's been about being a little bit more generous, not so much in monetary terms, but like I've had some friends that I wasn't even like really that close to that I decided to be investing a little bit more and check on more and I've received some new friendships so there's always more to the people in your lives and if you have an opportunity to just you know stuff like write a recommendation for them on on LinkedIn to help them get a job or you know FaceTime with them for a few minutes you know I, I found that you don't, you know, it's not always about the money, but you can give a lot more to all energy. the people around you. It's all energy. Circle that energy. Even just liking someone's announcement of their business. Maybe you're not buying from them, but like it costs nothing to like 
give them a little thumbs up right on social media or whatever the hell or repost them like when my people you know my friend um aj alfred nomad he'll have a new song and i'll just like repost it in my stories like it costs nothing just to be like kind to him you know totally yep so that's what i have to say i think it just breathes more good juju um Happy New Year, everyone. Thank you for listening. My listenership went up quite a bit this year because I guess everybody was at home listening to all kinds of stuff. So grateful for that. Thank you for that. And um, let's do the best we can um, and be, you know, gentle and realistic. Um, And as I always always say, uh, till next time, peace.